Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grade Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, this is always our waiver wire show that we have on Tuesdays. Uh, so I'm going to run through our tiered rankings. We have our potential difference makers, we have our borderline starters, and we have our deep league targets and bench stashes. You know, if you guys are still listening to the show here in week 13, I'm going to assume that you have made your fantasy football playoffs, that you are looking forward to winning some championships. So let's go ahead and uh, guys, let's just get right into it. So starting out with the potential difference makers, we have Devontae Booker. Josh Jacobs is coming off basically his worst game as a career. The Raiders got blown out. He saw only seven carries and injured his ankle. Coach John Gruden told the media after the game that the ankle was something to worry about. The Raiders get the lowly New York Jets in week 13. Jalen Richard has been a game day inactive, like a healthy scratch over the last two weeks. Booker would probably rank as a top 15 running back in week 13. And honestly, you know, given how brutal the running back situation has been, I think maybe even higher. Um, you know, he would be you know chalk for, for DFS purposes. He is going to be a great play. And actually, we've seen a similar situation for this happened with the Raiders already. Last year, Josh Jacobs got injured during the fantasy football playoffs. Jalen Richard stayed in his role as a third down back. And De DeAndre Washington, not Devontae Booker, was the lead running back and was you know basically a running back one over that time frame. If it is confirmed that Jacobs will miss time, and I anticipate that we will get a report about his ankle today, but definitely before the FFPC waiver wires on Wednesday night, Booker is, you know, probably one of our last chances to spend fab on a starting running back. I would basically be comfortable spending, you know, 75% to 90% of your remaining fab, you know, leave yourself room to get a kicker, a backup quarterback, whatever. But I think he is probably worth going all in at this point. I mean, even if you just lock in like, you know, 15 points against the Jets or whatever, that is probably worth, you know, whatever fab you have remaining. Uh, the other potential difference makers are Ito Smith and or Brian Hill. I know that we're all tilting the Brian Hill DFS dud for minimum salary on Sunday, but the important thing to remember, guys, is things just happen in the NFL. It's chaotic. It's random. Players in good spots can have bad games. Hill played 39 snaps to Smith's 28. Tony Brooks James played six offensive snaps. Quadra Olson missed the game with illness. Maybe Todd Gurley comes back to play. I don't really know why he would. I mean, he's, he's dealing with the arthritic knee. He's going to get his game checks anyway. So, like, why is Gurley coming back to play in this lost season? I, I personally don't think that he will. But if he does, you know, then these guys are a little bit less of difference makers. Ito maybe is interesting because it seems like he is going to get the targets. He saw five targets to Hill's one. And I know Ito scored the touchdown from 12 yards out, but Hill does profile as the more prototypical goal line back. He weighs 215 pounds. Ito weighs, like, 188 pounds. 
I imagine in most serious leagues, Hill was picked up last week, but I think Ito should be out there. If you would start Ito in a part-time role next week, and you know, I don't necessarily know that you would, um, I believe that the Falcons play the Saints next week. Let me look that up real quick. Uh, yeah, they do play home to the New Orleans Saints next week. So maybe the passing down back is even the one you would rather have against the New Orleans Saints. I think you can pretty comfortably spend 25 to 35% of your remaining fab on Ido Smith. Uh, and then I kind of battled with myself on where do I want to put Kiki Cutie? Do I want to put him in the difference makers or do I want to put him in the borderline starters? I'm actually going to put him here in the uh, difference makers because guys, Kiki Cutie is good. Will Fuller posted on his Instagram on Monday that he's been suspended for six games. Kenny Stills was released for us Friday. Randall Cobb is on the injured reserve with a toe injury. He has to stay there for at least two more weeks. He didn't play at all to start the year. He was a game day inactive, but he has been used on over 50% of the Texan snaps the last two weeks, only an 11% target share, but Fuller was out there. And that includes the blowout win against the Detroit Lions. I actually think kind of the low A dot role that he might fall into would be kind of useful because Cooks is not going to be a low A dot guy. He is going to be targeted deep down the field. He probably just is going to play Fuller's role. So I could see Cutie, you know, kind of earning like a 15 to 20% target share. And yeah, Jordan Akins and Darren Fells are going to see more snaps. They're going to play more 12 personnel overall. But I do think that Kiki does need to be added. And I, I really like him. I think that he has a skill set that fits in the NFL. I think he is undervalued by NFL teams. So I feel um, personally pretty comfortable in spending, you know, let's say something like uh, 15 to 20%. I, and honestly, I mean, an FFPC in the main event and some of these other leagues, FAB ends after this week anyways. So you will probably want someone like Kiki on your roster. Like, for example, if, if I was holding on to... Um, you know, uh, Keelan Cole from last week or something like that, I would prefer Kiki Cutie. So let's move now to the borderline starters. Got to go to Frank Gore. I mean, how cruel is fantasy football to force us to bid on Frank Gore last week and then actually see him get the touches with the Michael P. Ryan out. Gore played 32 of 55 offensive snaps for the Jets, saw 18 carries for 74 yards, was even targeted three times, caught all of them. Uh, that probably is going to be as high for the rest of the season. That is, you know, real RB1 level usage. Now, it's not going to be RB1 level fantasy points because the Jets are not going to have that many touchdown opportunities. And really, the only way Gore is going to help you win a week is if he scores a touchdown because he he's probably going to in between like 50 to 70 rushing yards, maybe two catches. Uh, but any running back seeing 15 plus touches per game needs to be rostered. And, you know, Gore does need to be rostered if you would start him. Uh, I don't think he's a high upside guy. Um, I think you can go up to like 25% of your budget. The thing is, is that you just like, you need to be very cautious of the type of team that you have, because if you have, for example, let's say you drafted somehow Derrick Henry uh, and Antonio Gibson. I mean, not somehow you guys are in the fantasy football playoffs. You, you probably have a lot of good players. So on a team like that, I would rather, you know, try and stash some of these wide receivers. Moving now to some of these wide receivers, the Jacksonville Jaguars guys, Keelan Cole, Colin Johnson, and LaVisca Chenault. With Shark out, Johnson saw his first meaningful NFL snaps. He actually was not in there to begin the game. He was not a, a quote-unquote starter. Uh, it was actually Trey Quinn, but Trey Quinn got hurt on the first drive, hurt his hamstring, and then Colin Johnson had a huge game. He led the team in targets with eight, had 96 receiving yards, and had a really athletic touchdown. Uh, I would imagine that the 
if Shark was to miss multiple games, and I don't know if he would, I don't know if he is going to be shut down. Just towards the end of the season, you start to think of these, you know, more veteran players with injuries. You're like, well, I mean, why are you even playing? That's kind of, you know, that's kind of how I, I view those guys. I would imagine that there is a little bit more to come from Chenault. And you guys know, I mean, I, of course, I, I love LaVisca Chenault. He was one of my guys in the preseason. Uh, I think he has been, you know, very strong all year, basically. Um, but I, I would think that he could earn some more intermediate targets. Maybe they start to try and use him a little bit more. I mean, you know what you have with Keelan Cole. He's been on the team for three years. And I, I think that what they should do for the rest of the year is just target Colin Johnson and LaVisca Chenault a bunch just to figure out how good they are. I don't know if that is the choice that they will make, but I think that is what they should do. All of Cole Johnson and Chenault should probably be rostered. Going forward, I would rank them Chenault, Cole Johnson, but Cole is the one I am least interested in, like personally owning, because I just don't think that there's like an upside role there. Whereas I think that Chenault and Johnson could produce shark-esque numbers for the rest of the year. Very quick mention for Hunter Renfro. Just, you know, another ancillary fantasy football wide receiver. He is basically the fourth target on the Raiders, but he picks up a lot of value in games where the Raiders trail. So I don't think it'll be this week against the Jets, but, uh, you know, in blowout losses to the Buccaneers, Buffalo, and New England, he saw six or more targets. Basically what happens is when the Raiders are ahead, they play 12 personnel. And then when they trail, they play 11 personnel, subbing in Renfro for one of uh, Witten, Moreau, Carrier. Uh, and then play him with Aguilar, Ruggs, you know, Ruggs or Zay Jones, and then Darren Waller. Uh, the Raiders play the Colts and the Chargers in weeks 14 and 15. I think Renfro is kind of like a, a wide receiver four in those spots. Like, I, I definitely think that you could get away with playing him there, you know, and, and feel, um, I think, feel pretty comfortable about it. Like, I don't think that you would have to... Um, you know, like you, you could get a touchdown there. You could get four for 40. Like it would not, it certainly would not be the worst start you have ever made. A guy I'm a little bit more excited about though, is Gabriel Davis with John Brown on the injured reserve for a minimum of three weeks. It is Gabriel Davis's time to shine. He caught a touchdown this last week, not from Josh Allen, but from Cole Beasley on a trick play. He actually played the same amount of snaps as Steph Diggs. And the bills are the second most aggressive pass rate above expectation team in the NFL pretty much all of their pass catchers, you know, Beasley, Davis, Diggs, uh, and then the two running backs, all these guys are viable in 12-team PPR leagues. Uh, the Brown injury specifically is kind of nice for Gabriel Davis's fantasy value because it allows him to play outside. So it allows him to earn an average, uh, a higher average depth of target. He averages 1.4 yards per route run outside compared to 1.03 from the slot. I don't really think that has much to do with his skill set. It's just how slot wide receivers get used in the Bills system. Playing outside allows him to have that higher weekly ceiling. And, you know, just given how good their offense has been, I do think that you want him now. I know we've talked about Gabriel Davis a ton on this show, but, uh, you know, what, what can we do? Guys, guys have value and then guys don't have value. And it just kind of really all depends on how injuries go. So when we're dealing with injuries, guys are going to pick up value. Uh, then our final borderline starter here, it's, it's like a one-week thing. But Savan Ahmed did not play last Sunday for the Dolphins. Miles Gaskin was also inactive last Sunday. Um, so if those guys miss again this Sunday, and I think this will allow you to spend a very low fab amount on DeAndre Washington, he actually led the backfield in snaps. Matt Breida started and played 11 of the first 14 snaps. But then after the first quarter, Washington played 60% of the offensive snaps for the rest of the game. 
Breida has never found his way into a successful full-time role in the NFL. Um, and Washington was super successful last year, basically in the same role for the Oakland Raiders when their starting running back got banged up. I think Miles Gaskin is going to be back for week 13, but that is, it's certainly not assured, right? We don't know. We, there's no good injury update on him yet. If he and Ahmed both do not play in week 13, um, I definitely think that Washington should project as the starter over Breida and Laird. Laird keeps some of those third down duties, but you know, this has been a much better offense than people expected. And, you know, because of that, there's more fantasy value here than people originally thought. Moving to our deep league targets and our bench stashes, we have Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr. Uh, did not play last week. Unclear what his injury status is. Rudolph played 57 of 73 offensive snaps, had his highest target game of the year. Um, and as Minnesota plays in some of these more competitive games, as they drift away from you know uh, just being a, a pure established team, I do think Rudolph should handle a little bit more fantasy football value. I wouldn't be crazy about adding him for the Jaguars game, but in week 14, they play the Buccaneers. And then week 16, the Vikings play a dome game at the Saints. I could see Kyle Rudolph ranking as like, you know, the tight end eight or something like that during championship week. Uh, on Monday night, we heard that we were going to get some more Jalen Hurd snaps. It didn't end up happening. He played only two offensive snaps, completed one pass. but. Carson Wentz, you know, just absolutely sucked again. He was terrible. Um, basically, one of the worst performances we've seen from a quarterback against the San Francisco or against the Seattle Seahawks this year. Uh, and you know, without the carrot of a home playoff game, I just don't really see why the Eagles are going to keep running Wentz out there. I mean, maybe it's a situation where, um, you know, it's been so bad for Wentz that they don't want to expose Hurts to that situation. But if you were in a league you know, super flex, uh, really 16 team leagues, whatever. If you're in a league like that, where it makes sense to speculate on a running quarterback with upside hurts is a guy I'm really trying to add very quick mention for drew sample, basically plays every snap for the Bengals. Brandon Allen targeted him more than, um, Joe Burrow had been targeting him. I don't know if that's going to be a consistent thing, but I mean, we just have spent so much time talking about how bad the tight end position is. I think that it is worth monitoring Drew Sample. Uh, then finally, we have a, a small bid here on CJ Prosize. He scored his first touchdown since week four of the 2019 season, played 15% of the snaps. Basically, he is the handcuff to Duke Johnson. Uh, unclear when David Johnson is going to be back. You know, if David Johnson returns off the injured reserve this week, well then, you know, bid $0 on CJ Prosize. He's worthless in fantasy football. Um, but I... What's most interesting is that he has this history as a plus pass catcher. Now the Texans lose Will Fuller. I think there is a larger role there for a pass catching running back. So uh, everyone, that is going to do it for us this week on the Waiver Wire Show. Hope that was useful. Hope that was helpful. Good luck in your fantasy football playoffs. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.